Welcome back to the Seen and Not Heard podcast, the podcast that is your weekly dirty little secret, which is fine by me, as long as you keep it. I'm Melrose Michaels, your host, and this is season three, episode five. When I was re-listening to my past episodes, I realized that I touched on certain topics about myself, but I didn't really dive in. One of those topics was my personal struggle with my own body image. I know firsthand how hard it can be to love yourself in the age of social media. I also know how amplified that can be when you're in an industry like modeling, the way I have been since age 12. The truth is, I never wanted to write this episode. I didn't want to say the words out loud that I have an eating disorder. I didn't want the world to know that about me. But I do feel like I'm in a place today now at 29 years old, where I have control over my disorder, my health, and my relationship with my body. So if there is a right time, I guess now is it. It's funny when I think about it because I actually remember the first time I began negative self-talk on a feedback loop in my own head. It was when I was 13 years old, in middle school, and I had on new school clothes. It was the first week of seventh grade and I couldn't wait to see all of my friends, have a locker, and get involved in sports. But when I walked the halls, all I could notice is how all of the girls had changed. All of a sudden, they had these hourglass figures, some of them had boobs already, and pretty much all of them had cooler clothes on those bodies than I did. It was the first time I remember looking into a bathroom mirror and criticizing my straight frame, non-existent waistline, and how ridiculously short my torso was compared to my gangly long legs. Not only that, but I was also living in a predominantly Hispanic and black area. So everyone had these gorgeous tans or beautiful rich skin tones while my ginger ass was basically translucent. From that day on, I would never be good enough, pretty enough, tan enough, or simply enough for myself or for anyone else. So since I wasn't beautiful, at least not by my own standards compared to what I looked around and saw as beauty, I decided to try and become funny. If I could make people laugh, maybe they would befriend me. And that's what I did. I've always had a sense of humor, and I've always used it, especially making fun of myself, to try to make people like me. And I believed it worked, but I also believed it, every word of it. The second time I remember vividly hating myself was after leaving a toxic high school relationship. My boyfriend at the time always seemed to be looking elsewhere, and I was hyper aware of that. If I saw him looking at a brunette, I would dye my hair dark. It was that extreme for me. By the end of those two years, I had shapeshifted to try to be what I thought he wanted, so much so that I couldn't remember who I was to start out with. I remember after we broke up that someone asked me my favorite color, and I replied with his. My entire identity had been lost over the course of 700 days, and I couldn't remember a single thing about myself before him. It was frightening, and when we broke up, I didn't only lose my entire world, which I had revolved around him, but I also lost my closest friends, as they played a huge part in our breakup. I was so alone, and the only way that I could comprehend the situation was that these friends were probably never really friends and never really liked me or loved me to begin with. And my boyfriend, well, he must have never cared about me because how could he hurt me this way? I must be unlovable. 
I must be unworthy, and I must not be enough. My brain held on to these words. It replayed them back on repeat over and over for the next five years. If you were prettier, people would like you. If you were skinnier, maybe they'd find you attractive. If you were accomplished enough, maybe people would take you seriously. You're not enough. You haven't done enough. You'll never be enough. I still have this voice and I still hear it. I don't think it'll ever really go away. After that high school relationship ended, I got into a much healthier one. This was actually a time in my life when I began noticing my unhealthy behaviors. I remember I had a photo shoot coming up for swimwear and I didn't eat anything for two days leading up to the photo shoot except for one single Cool Ranch Dorito chip. And I only ate that because someone offered it to me and I felt like they would judge me if I didn't. I was 100 pounds and when I look back at those modeling photos from that moment in my life, I'm so disgusted. Everything I ate or drank had to keep me under 500 calories, otherwise I would punish myself the next day with either a long run or two hours in the gym. I would stay in cardio machines until the numbers of calories burned on the screen surpassed the calories I had eaten the day before. This part of my life was so consuming. My appearance, weight, and eating behaviors controlled everything in my life. I didn't go to birthdays or holiday parties because I knew there'd be food there. I was so alone, and no one in my life had any idea about what I'd been doing. I was depressed, and my anxiety was through the roof. So finally, I decided to tell my mom what I was going through, and she set me up with a psychologist, psychiatrist, and a nutritionist. I was in therapy for two years while I sorted through all of the underlying issues that were leading me to willingly destroy myself. I really put the work in and I tried to overcome behaviors and urges that I knew would set me back. I started to re-socialize myself with friends and family and it started to seem like there was actually going to be a light at the end of this tunnel. Then I joined Instagram. I'm not bashing the social media platform. I am 100% personally responsible for everything I think say and do and i know that i know that now in my 20s i didn't most young people don't instagram paints such a beautiful delusion for all of us all of a sudden everyone becomes the supermodel everyone's lips are fuller their jawlines more pronounced and kylie jenner well she grew hips it was a weird time hell it still is but i noticed it affecting me again all of those voices I'd worked so hard to mute were coming back. I got lip filler. I got Botox. Hell, I even dyed my hair blonde. The only difference was that this time, I had learned healthy coping mechanisms to deal with these feelings and emotions. I began unfollowing girls on Instagram that I found myself obsessing over. I started limiting my time on the app. Unfortunately, social media is a huge part of my business. So I have tried and use the app appropriately where I will limit that I'm just logging on, publishing my own content instead of scrolling through endless photos of my friends on my timeline. So if you ever notice now, I mainly still do this practice. I'll typically log onto the app, publish to my feed or my story and get off. I wish I could scroll through and comment on all of my friends' gorgeous posts, but some days, 
some days I'm not strong enough to and to deal with the pressures that come along with that. So I make a conscious choice not to jeopardize my mental health by avoiding putting myself in the situation entirely. If you do find yourself struggling in the same way, I would really suggest implementing that same practice. It has made a world of difference. I know everyone has self-doubt and negative self-talk sometimes, but when you feel like it's completely taking over your life, you have to make the choice to actively combat that. When quarantine started back in March, for example, my work lifestyle shifted again. I had gotten used to traveling so much for work and it met jet setting once a month to a convention or event. Now, all of a sudden, just as quickly as it had all started, I was grounded and in isolation. Sudden shifts like that are a bit hard for me. And although I was so glad to be home and grounded for a while, I know idle hands are my worst enemy. So I got myself a personal trainer. I knew if I had somebody holding me accountable for my physical and mental health, that I would keep doing the work to stay in the right headspace. I can't even begin to tell you how beneficial this has been for me. As of right now, I am 13 weeks strong and have not missed or skipped a single workout, which I know you know because you see it on Instagram. <laughs> As a woman in today's modern society, I feel constant pressure to be something I'm not. I have lived life literally wanting to crawl out of my own skin. Instagram will always be there to reinforce these unrealistic expectations. The runways will always be lined with six foot tall, size zero women. And young women will continue shifting their bodies with whatever cosmetic surgery trend the Kardashians set next. But we don't have to be a part of it. We can decide not to. In fact, I'm noticing more and more women choosing to do that. There's women in the adult industry choosing to do that. The number one female adult star right now, Riley Reed, is an all-natural model who openly opposes plastic surgery. I can't help but admire her because she, out of all people, must feel extraordinary pressures at her level of fame and success to do the exact opposite. I also find hope in the fact that an all-natural, very attainable girl-next-door look, like she has, can be number one in our industry. Because maybe that shows us that men do find that attractive, and maybe society will shift back in that direction after all. Some of the practices I've put in place outside of a healthy workout routine and limiting time scrolling on socials have been really helpful. For example, I found for me personally that whenever I catch myself playing back negative self-talk reels in my brain, I stop and force myself to think about three to five things that I'm grateful for. My appearance, my life, or just my overall health or the health and happiness of the people I love are usually my go-to's. I'm constantly reevaluating the people around me and the situations that I put myself in. For example, I've put distance into friendships with people that are negative in my life because I already have enough of that in my head. If I have friends who I overhear making fun of people's appearances, I make a mental note to step back from interactions with those people. I can still love and have a friendship with them, but I don't need to sacrifice my mental health to do it. 
I'm always consciously making choices to protect my mental state and my self-esteem because I know if I don't, it becomes such a slippery slope for me. I no longer live with my team around me. I haven't had therapy or nutritionist in my life since 2015, but I feel good. I feel strong and I feel safe with everyone I interact with on a daily basis because they also reinforce that. Although disorders like mine are a lifetime battle, right now I feel like I'm winning. I haven't relapsed with any bad behaviors in over five years and I am so fucking proud of that. I know on the outside it looks like I have it all together. In fact, I'd really like to think that. I do, for the most part. <laughs> but I have and I will always struggle with things like this. In fact, you never know what anyone is really dealing with behind the scenes of their pretty, polished social posts. So I ask you to please, please be kind. My mental health is only one of the things that I'm juggling at any given time. There are also many others needing my time and attention behind the scenes. Everyone else is just doing the same. At the end of the day, we are all just doing the best we can with the cards we've been dealt. So try to do your best and add love and kindness to the world. There's enough negativity already. I'm Lovers Michaels, and this is Season 3, Episode 5 of the Seen and Not Heard Podcast. This week, I'd really like to thank my personal support system. My husband, my mom, my aunts, my brother, both my sister-in-laws, and my close group of friends. Without them, it would be really easy to forget who I am and slip back into bad behaviors. If you're struggling with disordered eating, know that you have resources available to you. You can call or text the NEDA National Eating Disorder Association hotline at 1-800-931-2237 or find more help at their website nationaleatingdisorders.org. Want to be an individual sponsor of the podcast? All you have to do is go to anchor.fm forward slash Melrose and click support the podcast to donate whatever amount per month to help fund more episodes like today's. Next week on the Seen and Not Heard podcast. I've talked about this a few times in the past, but sex workers are one of the most discriminated against working classes in modern times. To discuss this in depth, I'm sitting down with Emma Gray, an up-and-coming star on the premium social media scene. She talks about her struggles as a sex worker when it came to banking, finding attorneys, working with accountants, and so much more. 